discovered it must be told <laughs> from beginning to end. Now, here's a little story I got to tell. Here is a story about music. Stories about songs, the jazz and Jay-Z, 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 Jay-Z. Okay, hopefully you already heard part one where I talk about the origins of jazz and Jay-Z with Fresh Gordon, the EMI record deal, early battles including with LL Cool J and all that good stuff. But now they can go deeper into how the careers of the Jazz and Jay-Z continue to evolve. Moving to the next record by the Jazz. Vandy C was on there, Brooklyn legend on the radio. Think about that, like, you know, Vandy C also, DJ, producer, MC, radio show host, event promoter. You hear about that, like that Brooklyn hustle mentality. You see these people, a lot of these guys in Brooklyn were doing so many different things, like from Fresh Ford, MC, producer, and so on. So you see that a lot. Hello, Brooklyn. And I'm sure you see other places, but you definitely see it also in Brooklyn. Also on the album, you have production by Prince Paul, Chad Elliott, who was like hot at the time, and the jazz. He's even getting further with his production on this. One great thing about both those albums is that the lyrics are included, which didn't happen a lot. Not as much as I would like, for sure. And it was always great when someone who was a great complex writer like the jazz, to get the lyrics was like one of the most exciting things to be able to read and actually know exactly what they said. Assuming that they came direct from the artist and were correct, because there's definitely a lot of lyrics concluded albums that still aren't correct. Trust me, I know what happens. I've been involved in that on my own work. I was responsible for putting together lyrics and I didn't get them right because I couldn't get the artist to give me the lyrics. So I know what happens. But anyway, it was great to get that with those jazz records. I mean, I was a big fan of that record. Like he really was showing the skills on like, put the squeeze on them or ease up jazz is a great one. I'll smoke you. This beat is hype. Yo, lyrics extraordinary. Let's get right. Just, I feel it's necessary. Pure perfection. Can't nobody ruin this. Call up your people, tell them MC Jazz is doing this. Here's the thing about the jazz too that I don't know if he gets credit for the diggities. No other brother is better than me, the J, the A, the Z. The cream of the crop on the top of the top. The suckers are trying to stop the bigger, the bigger, the bigger, the more. So the hit. And it's, again, there's other roots to it that connect to, once again, UTFO, possibly um, even Glow from Soul Sonic Force, and even, you know, Treacherous 3. By MCs to fight the fast talking rhymes, they're gonna be just so get ready to eat more seeds, the originator, so you might as well stop, cause you can't catch this fast beat anymore. Hey, diddle, diddle, lump, diddle, cause the cat is in the middle, willy, rhyme a willy, riddle, does it want to spend a little, have a lot me be a little, lump, sick and fill his middle, and a notion full of lotion, cause it's like and run DMC, they do the same thing on um, Proud to be Black to some degree. You know I'm proud to be black, y'all. And that's a fact, y'all. And if the trash truck was mine, I'd take it back, y'all. It's like that. Licky, 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 licky. All that people hear the serious song. And now they also do it on Here We Go. And it goes a little something like this. Dumb, diddy, dumb, diddy, diddy, dumb, dumb. We hope y'all ready for the big beat drum. Drum, diddy, drum, diddy, diddy, drum, drum. So people in the place in the big beat drum. 
in 89, Jazz on Doped Up, the hook is diggity doped up, diggity diggity doped up. course we know a couple years later that's 1992 dos effects from brooklyn to t-neck the diggities 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 Digs more wigs than John the Baptist. They call me Mr. Rapper, so I guess I'd be the rappers. No practice, no crazy. Diggity, yes. Knock up, throw bolo like hand solo. Come rough like Chewbacca, so he's back. I never heard them say jazz was an influence, but when I heard Dos Effects, I was like, wait a minute, that reminds me of Diggity Doped Up, Doped Up. But of course, you know, like I said, Run did it before too. And we know, like I said earlier, the Jazz did my Feli, a Run DMC song. Obviously, was listening to that. That, that came from Raising in Hell record that has them doing their version of the Iggy D's. It's maybe some connections there. And also, like I said, UTFO had like a thing with the kind of like, not the Iggy D's, but sort of that like, you know, roll your tongue on off beats type, type of style that Kango did on Bite It. Be the best that ever was and never will be ever more things that I can see is no one better than me. So keep spinning my keep spinning thought and keep it in consideration. UTFO is not a Puritan organization, so Bite It. So all these things are happening, but the most direct like diggity is diggity doped up that I know of before I heard it done by Das Effects. So the jazz just was, if if he didn't directly influence Das, he unquestionably did it on record exactly that thing before them on this hook. So I give jazz his props regardless. But you know, he covered a lot of things. The title track, To Your Soul. I'm like still shocked that it never was a single because like that would have been a beautiful single. I know why they did the originators as a single. I know why they did that, you know, because it was that style that was unique and it was a chance to flex that. It makes sense, but it had been great if... um. That would have been a single, the To Your Soul. It's a beautiful produced song. He had thought-provoking songs like uh, A Nation Divided, Why Black Men in Charge. Unity and numbers that strength. The divided are conquered, overtaking it all next together. We should stand in the times we're living in. The vision of folks should kiss up seeds, the dividend, the divider. Taking us, breaking us down. We should be wise to find the mind. Don't let behind. Hit the ground, make a sound, a shot of a swing to fight it. Say never to a nation divide. I remember I only had it on tape and then years later I finally found the vinyl. I went to this <laughs> I don't even know where I was at. Some I don't even know what city I was in. But it's one of those things where you know I, I would drive around if I, and out of the corner of my eye, if I saw a music store, I would if I had the time, I would always try to pull over and check it out. And I was somewhere and just randomly saw this store and went in, and it was a straight up reggae store, reggae music store. 
And I didn't know that from the sign, and I probably would have went in anyway out of curiosity. I never, I think it was the only time I've ever been in a store that was like strictly 99% reggae. And I said 99% because they had, <laughs> I don't know, this was like the mid-90s, and they had sealed copies of the jazz to your soul on the wall, multiple copies. <laughs> I was like, I remember just looking around, seeing reggae, reggae, and I remember it was like, it was like five dudes in there, you know, long dreads, and they were having, I, mean, I remember walking to have a discussion, and when I walked in, and got quiet, and they all just stared at me. It was like I was disrupting their conversation by being in there. So it's like, man, I got to buy something. I'm, I'm here like disturbing their peace. <laughs> I got to at least buy something. So I'm like looking around to try to buy something. I look on the wall. I'm like, is that the jazz? To your soul on vinyl? And I go over there and yeah, and, and, I, and, I, and I buy two copies. I'm like, well, you know, and I think I still have those two copies sealed. I might have opened, no, I opened one of them. Like, I bought it in, like, 95, 96. I just opened it, like, two years ago. But I still have, like, another sealed copy, I believe, unless I gave it away, which I often did that as well. But that's how I got that record on vinyl. And he followed up, you know, the year later with an EP, You Don't Stop, that had Large Professor production and DJ Mark the 45 King production. I'm, I'm just going to give Jazz all the props, all the flowers, because we talk about storytelling and visual imagery. The jazz is one of the greatest of his era. If you want, to, and you talk about storytelling, and particularly one thing that gets popular is like, uh, I guess you call them like crime stories in hip hop, street tales, whatever you want to call them, street disciple, and all that. The jazz's sign of the crimes is a masterpiece for so many reasons. All the verses follows a very well put together narrative. Also, it's technically sound. It's as technically as intricate as some of the greatest battle raps of that time. Usually people tell stories, they like simplify it. And I get why you would simplify because you want people to grab onto every detail. You don't want, when you're telling a story, you want, most times you want the listener to be able to digest it as they hear it and follow the story. The jazz was just like, no, I'm going to tell you the story with pinpoint accuracy, but in a complex manner. So you're gonna have to listen a few times to catch every detail. That's just who I am. But on top of that, it's also a pretty quick tempo. So he's doing this like up-tempo, very detailed story with high technical skill and great narrative visuals all in this one place. It's a rare case of story mastery done in that way. There's not many examples of it, especially in that era. That's another reason why I gave the jazz props. And uh, that same EP has a song called Rhymes for the Funny Farm. That was like 
influential song to me as an MC because how the way he was doing punchlines and kind of like making these like what I would call long form punchlines. That like the punchline is like had commas to it and kept going. Like he would be like describe something like with a truck driving down a hill, snowflakes, something something breaks and boom, boom, boom. Like he would go on and on and on. Like oh, he's like keeping that punchline or wordplay going for a few commas or a few bars. And so that was something I saw that really got accented on rhymes for the funny farm. And then after that EP, you know, he had that like three year run, 89, 991, you know, obviously those appearances before that we talked about, but in that three year run, and then he kind of disappeared for a second. I, I don't know what he did for a couple of years, but then he came back, what's that 95, the D&D &D was putting out the record, that record that had the one single that was like the one-two pass it. It had like KRS and Dougie Fresh and, you know, had some Mad Lion. It was like some key names at that time were on that single. But that compilation had a song by Jazz. He was now going by Big Jazz. He has a song called Stone to the Bone, which is also another street crime story. Stone to the bone, devil to the marrow. These streets are narrow. Full metal jack is part of my apparel. Stone to the bone, devil to the marrow. Bodies and barrels, feeling the point of the ghetto shadow. Pavement is stained by the blood and dirt of a third of the herders. Heed the word of a friend, the many murderers. Searching, searching off they mental. Look what they into, non accidental. Ass kicked and casketed. Word has it, cash is going plastic. Plastic got statue made. On that same project, there's a sampler they do with uh, DJ Evil D did a mixtape and they play songs from the album, but also have some freestyles, two of which are from Big Jazz, which kills it on there. The jazz is just a special talent when it comes to that. Big Jazz with the pizzazz, one time for your mind, stone to the bone, double to the marrow, the streets are narrow, know what I'm saying? He's entering the building, ladies swilling, children illinello, it's the ghetto stiletto, lyrically and pimically, right. sharper than barber, man, give me me from the three, I'm starting off, I've been recognized, y'all, I'm on the rise, y'all, I got the skills that make your mama fantasize, y'all, for real, pedigree right. game type, cause every night is game night, to win the game, you must be in the game, right, who's Parker Brothers, or Milton Bradley, or the Mac or Sega, or Lego, where is he, I'm laying up in Carmen San Diego, for right. yo, hey yo, I play no playing, I'm saying, I'm slaying, when I kick I put my foot way in. Check it out one time for your mind, two for your mental, three for nothing accidental. One, two, two, and so around that same time of coming back is Big Jazz. Yes, foundation. Now what we about to do is put down foundation. When it's time to step it up, we rise to the occasion. But in order for you to put down foundation, you got stash your funds, then automatic cream grows. Hey y'all, I used to wreck off, bust the tech off, pop the cork off, my wet off y'all. Three quarters of the way now that's history. And this is also around the time of reasonable doubt, but of course the jazz produced on the reasonable doubt record he's featured on there on bringing on and he was also doing production for other people besides jay he was doing like mop for their album did a couple cuts on there so like he was just branching out as a producer as well and showing what he could do and the jazz has done things since then that are great as well. But that's sort of like the first few years of me like being a certified fan of the jazz. So stepping back to Jay-Z, after the appearance on the jazz stuff in 91, it was a couple of years before I heard Jay-Z again. And when I heard him again, I didn't even catch it. 
um, original flavor, who what I already knew because of, you know, of their previous record. And I'm a fan of Ski and an original flavor because I was a fan of the Busy Boys before that. They had a song called Can I Get Open? And it has a feature guest on it. And the song is dope. I don't know why I didn't hear it. I'm usually one of the people that always catches when uh, MC like that pops up out of nowhere. I go, wait, that's so-and-so. But for some reason, I didn't catch the Jay-Z thing. There was a guy I was working with, a group called um, Brain Leakage, one of my favorite groups I ever produced and worked with. Um, There's a group from Waukegan and the Young Cats who were still in high school, you know, in the, in the 90s when I met them and I would have them in my home studio. But one of the MCs, Tale the Intangible, he was a guy who really appreciated lyrics. We would talk about lyrics and writing all the time. And I was playing him original flavor for the first, like, you gotta hear this original flavor. Can I get open? Especially this last MC kills it. And so I'm playing, he's like, he's like, wait, ain't that Jay-Z? I'm like, what? You wanna fly style? Jay's about to show it. Well, can I? It's never a question of how, but when I rip it, will I quit it? Forget it, still I always a point whenever I hit it. Biting's forbidden, don't do what y'all done it too late, y'all did it. And I was like, holy, that is Jay-Z. How I feel embarrassed that I did not catch that. But that was how I found, I mean, I would have figured it out, I'm assuming, but it was Teo, a brain leakage, who told me that that was Jay on Can I Get Open. And so that followed with the Beyond Flavor album, which also had the song, besides Can I Get Open, it had many styles with Jay-Z and Fresco, another Brooklyn legend who I mentioned earlier. You know, so it was like these style masters were all like in these same circles. Like, the, you know, uh, you know, there's crossover to some degree, but all these guys were like Jay, Jazz, Fresco, Chub Rock, you know, all these different people. There's, there's, there's like some kind of crossover um, between like, you know, whether it's linked between producers like Fresh Gordon or different things. So there was these connections. And so in 94, I finally got a chance to go to the new music seminar, which I'll speak about in detail in this next episode. But one of the things about there is Original Flavor did a showcase, which I'll get more detail maybe in the next episode. But one thing I want to say is that Jay-Z appeared in that set because of he's on the album. Now, so he could perform Can I Get Open? And I have this on videotape. As a matter of fact, I plan to share it for the first time ever, this rare footage of Jay-Z and Original Flavor in 94. And part of it is because Jay-Z announces he's about to do a solo career. Now, I don't know if he never has said it before anywhere else, but I feel like I remember it. I haven't watched this footage also in decades, but I feel like he, he made it seem like this is the first time he was telling New York he was going to have a solo career and talking about In My Lifetime single, which Jazz produced. Did his verse from, um, I, I can't, can't get, get with, with that. that. I gotta keep it thick, never miss, so I hit him like this. I can't get with that. I gotta keep it thick, never miss, so I hit him like this. There's a version that has the jazz on it that didn't. That was on an independent single. The one that came out on the main release of the B-side just has Jay. But there's a version that has jazz as well, which I didn't know about until DJ Third Rail put me up on that. Around this time of this 96 comeback, I ran into jazz on the subway when I was in New York. Just, I was in New York, in Brooklyn. Hello, Brooklyn. I was like, holy, that's... That's jazz. Talk to him, like, you know, I told him I was a fan. Kind of just like, I think I just said a few things that made him know that I was serious about what I was doing. And I let him know I had a radio show. 
and part of Time Travel Radio was doing these spotlight nights where I would like tell the history of an artist I was a fan of. And I was like, I want to do the history of the jazz on my radio show. So he he was like, okay, give me your number and I'll call in. You know, we'll arrange it. And so we ended up arranging the spotlight for the jazz for uh, February 15th, 1996. That's when we were going to do it. But he literally calls me from a Brooklyn payphone. <laughs> I remember he's like, I'm on a payphone. He called WNUR. It's live on the air. It was live. It's, my, it's like the one of the only times I did a live interview on the air. The phone interviews just weren't appealing to me. So I, I largely turned them down all the time. There's a lot of big name artists I could have had on the show with phone interviews that I always said no. But I said yes to the jazz because I was a big enough fan of big jazz to do it. So we were talking on the phone and then he just happened to say, hey, my guy Jay's here. Do you want to talk to Jay? I'm like, yeah, I wanna, yeah, of course. You know, this time I said he only had in my lifetime out, you know, solo. But I knew his other stuff that we just talked about on this episode. So I had a little talk with Jay from there. And that was sort of like, you know, well, let's stay in touch and see what's going on. So we didn't, I didn't really like, I don't think he ever even gave me a phone number. Like, you know, like, like I don't remember how we were staying. I mean, they were just, you call me, I think it was like, they were going to call me if something came up. And I don't even remember if we ever talked again for a while. But several years later, uh, April 1 of 2002, I connected with Jazz again. I ran into Jazz again at this hip-hop conference in Madison. It was just a conference that ran there for a few years in the early 2000s. I can't remember when the first one was in maybe 2000. But this one, 2002, I don't think it was the first. As far as hip-hop conferences, festivals, it was one of the best experiences because it was felt a sense of community. not just about the music, it was about activism, and you got a lot of great panels and discussions and workshops and other sides of the artists that you just didn't get other places, and I really appreciate that. And it was something that I was already doing in my own way other places, which is why I ended up going there. And like, I have like some mixed feelings because I helped do some things just like on the strength, under the premise that they were supposed to like book me for certain things, which never really happened. So I kind of always feel a little like slighted by that, but I still give the festival props because it did the thing and didn't need me. They were great without it. But, you know, I ended up, did, did end up DJing it on panels only because when I got there, as they didn't book me, I was like, well, up. And they're like, oh, we'll throw you on this. Oh, you can DJ here. Because I would still show the records like, yo, man, you, we said I could do this. I ended up DJing a couple of times there. But this year was like Sway. From, and I think the whole Wake Up show was there. But I, that, that year is how I met Sway. That's how I met Abstract Rude in person. We had connected, I think, maybe on the phone before that to uh, one of my guys uh, give thanks because Ab Rude had done a theme song for time travel that Fat Jack produced. That was super dope. And so I met him there. Did Prez were there. Tony Blackman in the Freestyle Union from D.C. That's how I learned about Freestyle Union. Davey D. from the Bay was there. Uh, Wordsworth, who I met earlier in New York, was there. Strick was there. Red Alert, Ange 13 from Chicago. Spontaneous, who was on Good Vibe Records. Uh, you know, Jazz O, a, a Big Jazz, Hurricane G. Uh, the legendary photographer of hip-hop, you know, 80s, 90s, Ernie. Ernie P. was there. So it's like a lot of people there covering a lot of things. And I specifically remember this because there was a panel the jazz was on. I don't know what the panel was called, but it was like navigating the industry or something to that degree. And there was a point where they went to questions. I'm not the kind of person to ask questions at a panel. I'm just like, 
I like to do interviews. My, I'm always an in-depth person, so I don't know how to ask a question for this, this kind of environment. But again, I'm such a fan of the jazz. I was like, I want to ask a question. I want to, and I didn't, and I just, I didn't even think I was going to get called, but I just happened to be the one that got called of all the hands that went up. I was like, oh, I'm in the, because I was like in the back of the room standing up because it was like, it was packed. All the seats were filled and I was in the back. And they were just like in the back of the room. I was like, oh, I was not expecting to be the one to be called. And I was just like, you know, I remember the question I asked was like kind of drawn out and long. <laughs> and I was like, you know, for you being such a very skillful rapper and, you know, this adventure of styles and so many things and you don't never really get the props. I'm just curious how you are able to maintain and go on and consider to push forward knowing that's the case. In my head, you know, in the split second of me thinking of that and just, I was more trying to give him his props more than ask a question, but I, the thing was ask a question. So I put it in question form. I was just thinking he'd just be like, you know, well, I just do my thing. I was, I, I can't change that. But I remember there being like a pause, like him taking it in for a second. And he was like, actually, it hurts. And I was like, I remember this. You could feel it in the room. Like he was like very, very honest. It was a special moment, not necessarily a good moment, because it was like he was talking about how he felt undervalued and underappreciated in this business. And I know there's nothing that I can do to change that, but it was just like, it kind of re-reminded me of, of the work I was doing with Time Travel and Cut in the Mag Middle Magazine and DJing. Like, these people need champions out there for them spreading the word about the work they've done and telling these stories because people will go on and talk about Jay-Z, Jay-Z, Jay-Z and the jazz will just become like a footnote for some people. The people who really know, who really look at the history know more of the story and that's not to take anything from Jay-Z because obviously he's a skillful person and other things in his own right but the jazz is special in his own regard and also should be given credit for how he even gave that lane for Jay to even express himself in that way. And so it was kind of bittersweet to hear him say that in this crowded room. I almost regretted asking the question, but in the end, after he did it, I didn't because I was like, I think people needed to hear that. And and from that, we ended up talking later. And like, you know, it was, it was one of those things where like, he may probably doesn't even remember that moment. But for me, it was like an impacting moment of me connecting with the jazz. Like, I was like, I feel like it was a, a key moment that reminded me of many things, of many of the many things that remind me of why the work I do felt like it was important. To kind of like bring this to a close, you know, a few years before that moment with jazz, I actually is when I did my interview with Jay-Z, which is 97. And again, like now, you know, he is going into his second album. He is Reasonable Doubt has definitely made a mark and made, uh, you know, he's had some hits. He's one of the hottest rising stars in rap at the time. The second album, a few singles out. The City Is Mine is his single out right as we're doing this interview, the new single. And so there's a few things to talk about in this interview which you'll hear and see I'll read when I post it, but this is one thing that's interesting to me. There's a few times where he like acknowledges that I'm asking good questions or right questions or something to that degree. But this moment I think is where he really like, okay, this person listens. And we're talking about bring it on. And I was like, you know, you say my mind's organized like a pharaoh. 
are you talking about feral mosh organized confusion? And it's like, I feel like he does a, a slight pause and be like, no one's ever like made that reference to catch that. I'm glad you caught that. And I, that's my next question is, um, would you ever be interested in doing like underground project with this on a, on a lyrical level with different MCs? Yeah, definitely. Like I, I think I think like Illus Project would be like you and Feral March from Organize. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, definitely. Is it actually the, the line that you mentioned? I think in um. Yeah. That's oh, it. Was Bring It On, right? Yeah, Bring It On. Right. You mentioned that you that was actually about him, right? Yeah. So I always thought that'd be the Illus song. Yeah, you got that one too, huh? Yeah. <laughs> gotta catch that. Like yeah, gotta be the ultimate team up. Cause I got the. the the perfect deliveries. Yeah, like I just did a song with M.O.P. Like sometimes I just do a song, mm-hmm. just, you know what I mean? Because I want to do it. Right. Like I feel like that's something I want to do, like a joint with M.O.P. So, uh, you know what I mean? Like I'm going to keep doing that. Like once in a while, just look for me or something. Like people will be like, huh? Right. You know what I mean? Like the people that don't really know. Like you, of course, you know what I mean? Right. It seems like you would just be like, yeah, that, that makes sense. That makes sense. But the average person would be like, huh? For a record of that kind, it was popular at the time, like, but he was giving props to organized confusion on this song. He's like, yeah, songs like that are for listeners like you, you know, who really want to dig into the lyrics. And so later on, we're talking about something else and we're talking about his singles. He's like, that balance, I I made a comment. It's one of those things you can tell on the tape that I'm trying to not be offensive. I'm really want to, I really want to know this. So I'm trying to find a way to ask this question without being offensive. I don't want to like disrupt the interview flow. And I'm like, you know, do you have a challenge? How do you do that? Because, you know, there's a lot of people at the time I knew a lot of people were like, yeah, I don't listen to Jay-Z because of this. And they were basing it on the singles and didn't really know the the album cuts where he was showing his writing ability, like 22 twos and and there's other reasons to have problems with some of those songs and the in the content and the lyrics from misogyny and drug sales and all these things. Don't get me wrong. There's, there's reasons why people understandably don't listen to Jay-Z and other artists like that. I get that. I'm not saying that. I'm saying I'm not talking about those people. I understand those people. I'm talking about other people who's like on some like the so-called hip-hop purists are who I'm talking about. And so I have this discussion about how do you process that to Jay? I'm like, you know, you're as skillful as most of these other artists. People like Laud as like lyricists but some people don't listen to you because of how you make pop music for your singles. And he's like, no, that's a challenge. He's like, I want to make records for people like yourself and keep you engaged, but also I'm in this to make money and I want to find how to do that as well. And I just was like, well, here's an example, like the city is mine. I don't remember how I exactly worded it, but I did say that I wasn't feeling it fully to some degree. And I said, but once I actually listened to the lyrics, I actually heard that the writing was better than than I thought it was. And he was like, yeah, that's this tricky thing. I haven't figured out how to do that. And just like, to me, the answer was so obvious as soon as he said that to me. Like, oh, you want to fix that? I was like, why don't you release acapellas? And I remember he was like, There was like a pause. And I'm sure the pause was like, why didn't I think of that? (laughs) And I'm sure eventually he would have thought of it. That's why I don't need to be like super credit for it. But he later in that interview, he tells me to stay on the phone to give his secretary my name and proper spelling so he can give me credits in the liner notes of the next album for the idea 
of him putting out acapellas. And I'm like, that's cool. You know, I'd be cool to be in a Jay-Z record. Shout out for Kevin Beecham for the idea. I don't know how he was going to say it. Who knows if he's going to be specific or not. I appreciate that, that he like even thought to go, let me give you credit for that. Um, actually, you mentioned that about, about the beats before, and I guess it probably throws off a lot of people that, you know, there's some tracks that you do that people, you know, anyone, like the, even the, the most underground hip-hop person can get into, uh-huh. but then there's other ones that they don't. What do you feel about that, you know, about, about as far as the, the, the music you use for your albums, the tracks? It's like, I'm really just trying to bring, like, within the context of staying true to myself, I'm really just trying to bring everybody together. Mm-hmm. Not like together as the saying we are the world or nothing like that. Right. You know what I mean? Like, but everybody together listening to one track and maybe, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. get 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 together and just, you know, learn each other. Like, what right. what makes this person do what he does? That's all I really want. I want I want people in in mainstream America to really understand. Like, people in the ghetto don't hustle because they want to hustle. You know? Right. They don't do the things they do because they want it. They want it. They feel they. The need. situation. Right. You understand? And if, they, and if I could, like, bring that and let them understand that through music, and that's a beautiful thing, yo. No doubt. You know what I'm saying? I guess the one thing that, you know, that, I mean, I can feel it from both levels, but the one thing I think that would, like, make it easier for, like, even, like, everyone else, like, you know, the, the, uh, the balance. I know your singles. You, do you ever put acapellas? Acapellas? Nah. Well, any particular reason why? I don't know. I never did that, though. For real? I really should. I mean, that's the, that's the, that would be like the that would be like the, the 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 one tool I think that would really make the difference. Yeah, I'm gonna thank you on the back of the album because I'm gonna put the because uh, I was gonna put the lyrics in this album. Yeah, and I ain't gonna do that because it kind of ruins it for the people like yourself, right? Yeah, people who really listen to it because it kind of gives it kind of gives it up. Yeah, see, I won't read them until I find them. I won't read them until I listen though. Yeah, like, I, I will double check, you know. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I was gonna really put the lyrics, and I, I'm gonna make an acapella, and I'm gonna thank you on the back of the. <clears throat> Oh, thanks, yeah, because I, I, I like, like, it's like certain songs, like, like, The City Is Mine. Uh-huh. I mean, it's a lyrics, it is so ill, but I mean, musically, it's not my, my particular right. flavor. Uh-huh. But that was acapella, we could be, re- I could remix that. Right. I could have my producers make that, a, you know, an underground, you know, that any, anyone could just, like, bam, run with it and do something with it. Right. So, I mean, that I mean, that would make a, a difference, I think, so. And so after you finish the interview, you know, it's like, oh, don't forget to wait. She'll be here to take your thing. And so I'm on hold. I remember, it was, like I'm saying, like back then, I was just like, that's just weird. I was just like on hold to be like, yeah, this is Kevin B-E-A-C-H-A-M. And so I hung up. I didn't talk to her. I didn't wait. I was like, that feels weird. I don't need credit for that. Like, he would have figured it out. Why do I need credit for that? And so I just hung up. And so I, you know, I never got the credit. <laughs> so, but he pretty much responded to that immediately. I think the next single he did after that interview was a song with Blackstreet for the Soul Food soundtrack. And it has a cappella. From that point, he started doing acapellas, you know, not always, but sprinkling them in. I think the first one that caught my attention was a couple years later, uh, This Life Forever from the Black Gangster soundtrack. And if you go to that 12-inch, what do you find? An acapella. Yeah. I ride through the ghetto, windows down, halfway. Uh, halfway out of my mind. Music on nine, blasting Donny Hathaway. And his next single from there on Rock, that he did, you know, for his own album, 
acapella. So he immediately responded with doing acapellas after our conversation. So that's sort of like just one of those things that I was involved in in this business that I just never really got credit for for my own fault. Like I was offered the credit and I denied it because I just thought it was weird to take credit for it. Something like just giving an idea. I'm like, this is an idea. I give ideas all the time. They didn't get credit. I mean, this this is hip hop. We're just we're this is we're just connecting like this. So that's just how I thought about it back then. It's still how I think about it now for the most part, but I try to be mindful of things like that because of what I was saying earlier in the show. So if you ever did a Jay-Z remix or need a, something to scratch and want a cappella, you're partially welcome as I'm partially responsible to some degree, some percent. I don't know the math, but some degree. You're welcome. <laughs> I'll put it like that. And in closing, just want to make sure I'm super clear on props to the jazz. I feel like he never gets enough props for all the things he's done and just his versatility, his writing, his production, all that. Shout out to the jazz, jazz old, big jazz, all the incarnations. Story about songs, the jazz and Jay-Z. Look for that, look for that, thank you, man. No doubt, man. Good looking out. All right, man. My man. Peace, peace, peace.